Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. We're now on episode 75. That's three quarters of a hundred. Woohoo! This is entitled ACF. Elliot Condon tells us all about his enormously cool plugin. So I suppose that gives you a little bit of a clue as to who is on this week. This episode was published on the 10th of May 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And I'll be joined later for our discussion by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. Our discussion today is called Never Talk About Politics, Religion or Website Hosting. <laughs> yeah. And right at the end, we've got the ending fact, which is entitled How Many WordPress Comments? Please use the share buttons on the wpbuilds.com website. We always like five-star reviews on iTunes. It really does help us out a great deal. And we've got a bunch of links. Everything I'm about to say is preceded by wpbuilds.com. So, for example, if you would like to join our growing Facebook group, we've got over 1.1 thousand people in there now. Um, you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. If you'd like to get our newsletter, which we send out just to alert you about the podcast, then it's forward slash subscribe. If you're interested in advertising on the podcast, we would really love to hear from you, actually. That would be tremendous. And that's forward slash advertise. Forward slash YouTube, if you want to find our YouTube channel. Basically, it's the same thing as going to the website, only it's on YouTube. And we've got a Slack group now called, uh, called, well, I think it's called the WP Builds Slack channel or something like that. Anyway, it's at forward slash Slack. So if Slack's your thing, maybe that's somewhere to go. We've just ended a competition, which was for three licenses for Smart Slider Pro. Um, and I've already in the Facebook group posted who the winners were. I hope I managed to tag you correctly with your Facebook tags. Anyway, it was Dave Cocking, Jane Breckener, uh, I've probably pronounced that right, wrong, sorry, Brennaker, Brennaker, Jane Brennaker, let's go with that, and Louise Toft-Peterson. Um, hopefully you've been contacted now by Daniel David, the person who was on the show, connected with Smart Slider 3, and uh, brilliant, I'm really pleased that we can get some prizes into people's hands, and, and it's a great thanks to the guys over at Smart Slider 3 for offering that lovely prize. Okay, as I said, in a moment, David and I are going to be talking about never talk about politics, religion or website hosting. And then right at the end, five minutes or so on how many WordPress comments. But before we get to the last little bit, I'm going to be talking to Elliot Condon. Elliot Condon is the person who is entirely behind ACF. And if you haven't used ACF before, it stands for Advanced Custom Fields. He's a really, really, really nice guy. Um, who lives in Australia, and we hooked up and we talked about him quite a lot, actually. Talked about just him as a person, what he was you know, like at school, what he did when he was a youngster, how he got into his computers and all of that. And then we obviously migrate and talk about ACF and what it's useful for, how it's being used, how he put it together. And then obviously we talk about the, the future, Gutenberg, and what's on the roadmap. It's really worth listening to. As I said, very, very nice guy indeed. Okay, but for now, we will go over to the discussion between David and I. I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. <laughs> 
this discussion we are calling never talk about politics religion and website hosting and it actually comes as a request from David McCann who thought that we ought to talk about something useful for a change and I completely agree <laughs> with him he didn't say that <laughs> He's a lovely man. He would never say anything like that. He will um, now. <laughs> as true as it is. So, yeah, we're going to talk about hosting. And and this is a, quite a delicate one, really, because, you know, we all love to talk about these in our various Facebook groups, Slack channels and forums. But equally, people hate talking about it as well and say, shut up. So we're going to try and, if you like, clear up, I guess, some of the problems, I think, in those discussions and try and get, if we can, to talking about the different types of hosting and and the pros and cons of selecting different types. Yeah, yeah. Is that what we're trying to do? Yes, yeah. I think so. I think probably it's important at this stage to say that both David and I have probably tried different things out in the past. Me, I think, is considerably less than David. Um, but... We, we we don't really have an answer what is the best one because that's just fraught with problems. You know, the technologies change all the time. All of these companies will constantly be looking at their product and trying to tweak and get the mm. most CPU cycles out of it and make it faster than their rivals. So what might be true today is, is not going to be true tomorrow. So it's this is not an advice column. This is just us discussing, I think the different yeah. types of hosting that are available and and what your options are. So let's go from there, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. And that that is exactly my beef with some of these discussions. As much as I like to join in them, they they don't tend to talk about the needs. And, and the best is going to be dependent on the amount of support you need, the your level of skill, your costs, and the power that you need. And I think it's always a balance between these three things. Yeah. But anyway, I let's talk just about one the... thing one thing before we go anywhere. I think uh, one of the traps that you can fall into if you're doing if you're literally beginning for the first time is to Google what is the best host or something like that because there's the internet is full of um, affiliate marketing sites where they, they simply don't Tell it. They're just not interested in telling you uh, what's really going on. They're just interested in getting the most affiliate commissions. So be a bit careful if you find a site ranking things. Maybe go elsewhere and look a little bit further than that. Yeah, but it's always the same ones. It's the ones that pay the most that mm. generally are the top ones. Yes. But anyway, yes. yeah. So our different getting to the real basics, our different types of hosting, and it gets more complicated once we get past this, I think are shared, which is usually or traditionally the way that most people start, where you share your resources with other people on the same server. So you share your RAM and your CPU as, as well as your disk space with the server. Then we move up to VPS, virtual private server, of which you can get two types, managed and unmanaged where you get your own allocated amount of RAM, but you're still on the same server as other people. And then finally, what you're doing, Nathan, which is having a dedicated setup where you get the whole kit and caboodle to yourself. Yes. Yeah. The the three tiers, usually, like you say, the cheapest one is um, shared hosting. And whilst I don't use this, I, I, I have vague memories of trying things out like this before. It's it's a bit of a lottery, I think, really, in that you your website is going onto a, a hard disk somewhere on the planet, and you don't really have any control about who you are sharing that hard disk with. And my understanding is that 
the your website could sit alongside dozens, maybe possibly even you know fifty, a hundred mm. other websites, mm. and because you're all sharing that exact same resource, the computer, um, things that are happening to their websites have a direct impact upon what's happening to your website. So, for example, if two of those sites are tremendously popular then they're going to consume the CPU cycles, therefore slowing down your site. Two of those sites get hacked. It's probably fairly trivial for somebody who knows what they're doing to navigate the file structure and also infect and explore your website. So it, it's the cheapest option, but it's it's probably the least um, secure. Now, I, my understanding is that as time has gone on, there's been a lot of mitigating technology that has isolated those particular websites from each other to some extent. But nevertheless, mm. I still think in terms of security, that's that's probably a, a truism that the, the shared mm. hosting is the least secure. Yeah, and I think, you know, you, you see it often in these discussions. Somebody will say, you know, you don't want to be on shared hosting. And then maybe that's not true these days in the same way, because I think when people are saying that, I would say that kind of thing before, because I was thinking about the starter hosting that you would generally get from something like GoDaddy is what I started on, and I was happy with them for many years. <laughs> I stayed with them. And also many of those companies which we know now know, like Bluehost and HostGator, which tend to come out as number one as people's choice, but they're all owned by Endurance International Company. Mm. And, uh, you know, and they are they are optimized for profit, no doubt. And you don't get a great deal of power with those. But I don't think that's I think these days this is the way it gets more complex is now we've got the specialist hosting like we've got WP Engine, Pagely, possibly site ground because they give you free socks if you go to a meetup or WordCamp. camp <laughs> 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 that's it um but uh, yeah they, they they do focus on um wordpress users and, and i think you know well certainly with site ground but i'm pretty sure that uh, wp engine and pagely are effectively shared hosting it's just that they give you a lot more power and, and take care of the security and you, yeah. you pay more for it yeah the, mm. the time when i was I, I can't even remember the name of the company that I tried shared it, but it was like a very brief affair. Um, but I, I think the technology back then was was pretty poor uh, in that the the segmentation wasn't there, and it and things did get infected much more rapidly. So I'm sure you're right. I'm sure that these things are much more well thought through now than they were in the past. So what what why? So that's the cheapest thing, shared hosting, and it's got its drawbacks mm. um, and its benefits, largely being cost. Why would anybody wish to step up to the next price tier usually, which is VPS, virtual private server? What's the benefit of that? Yeah, well, it's mainly that allocated RAM. You know how much power you're going to provide. So, And it's really handy. I mean, if you've got sites that don't have caching on them, you get a long time to first bite, don't you, if you're mm. underpowered. Mm. And and there's the problem. You know, At least you know what you're getting. With shared hosting, we know they're optimized for profit. So if you're with a company that, say, gets bought out by one of the big companies, they are tend they tend to, even if they were quite good when you joined them. And there was a company that we loved for ages that was shared hosting, but they got bought out and the power kept reducing all of the time. So, mm. you know, it's got to the point where most people have needed to move. So I think the 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 benefit is that knowing you've got that RAM, which is really important for their speed. Do you have um the capacity in some control panel or account or other? Do you usually get some 
granular control of that? Can you ramp it up and slide it down again? Well, yeah, generally you're buying. Well, when I first got a, a VPS, it was with uh, it was A2 hosting, okay. and that was a set amount. And I could have moved it up to the next package, but of course these days I'm using what we tend to call as cloud hosting services, which again is another kind of buzzword, really, mm. I guess, for when we're describing the things like DigitalOcean and Volta and. Google Cloud and yep. Amazon and all those people. Yep. Yeah, so, um, but there you can kind of tend to, with them, you can tend to step them up yeah. a lot more okay. aggressively. Right, yeah. so, uh, and do they, well, maybe they are in some way self, self-healing, self if you know what I mean. They will work yes. out that they, there's, there's a spike here. Let's just allocate you a bit more RAM um, and charge you a little bit more for these seven minutes that it was being used and so on i'm sure yeah. i'm sure that kind of stuff is available but i like i say i don't really have much experience of this because i'm on the i'm on the one above that um where yeah. basically i get i get a box um in a in a data center um and there's options here you can you could have that entirely managed so the box will be um organized for you um they'll they'll make sure that all the software is patched and so on and so forth not uh, WordPress, but they'll make sure that uh, Linux is up to date and they'll make sure that Apache and all of these things, PHP versions and things like that are mm. are maintained. I, I'm, I'm not on that. I'm on the do-it-yourself version. Mm. So I have to um, do all of that basically. But it works really well for me. I wouldn't advise it for anybody who isn't in it for the long game mm. because it can cause problems. If things go wrong, it's entirely on your your shoulders but if you wanted uh, complete control over everything and you've got the the depth of pockets to go for the level above mine the dedicated mm. server which is managed uh, that's great because you've got complete and utter control of every single thing yeah and this is the i mean you're one of the few people i know who's taken on that responsibility because it's a huge one isn't it yeah it really is if things go wrong then that's it. I've got to fix it. Uh, luckily, I mean, software's so good these days. You know, Linux is so rock solid. Um, I'm using CentOS, which is uh, kind of the, the the Red Hat version, the the free version of Red Hat Linux, and it's been mm-hmm. it's been tested over and over again. And I'm using tried and tested technologies like Apache and PHP and Nginx and things like that. Um, and it very rarely goes wrong. Usually, the, the last major thing that went wrong was that the motherboard m- melted, a bit of it melted, um, and so it needed to be swapped out. And in my situation, I can I can phone them up and they'll they'll swap hardware out for me. That's fine, and they'll press the power button. Um, everything mm. else everything else is on me. But um, yeah, you know, quickly worked out that it wasn't booting, and so they pulled it out and worked out that the motherboard needed. Uh, exchanging and uh, and and they did that wow yeah I, you know i've progressed through the system apart from i haven't gone to dedicated but in i'm getting as close as i can because i mean i started with shared godaddy was quite happy with it i tried bluehost for a while was less happy with them um and that was before they were taken over. I, I didn't get the power. So it's. I think with shared hosting, there's a lot of luck here because GoDaddy tends to take a knocking all the time yep. uh, for shared hosting. But in my case, on my particular shared server, I seem to get a lot of power. So I never right. moved for many, many years. You know, right. I just thought, well, 
everybody else is telling me to get off it, but this is great. It's so much better than what I've tried. So, uh, but then I moved up to virtual private server and they had to manage that for me. I didn't understand. It wasn't such a great experience. And it was A2, and they are fabulous, I think, for their shared hosting. Oh, they have a great rep, yeah, but they're not so, they weren't so great on the server that I had that they were managing. Okay. Was, but then I moved to, and I'm still the happiest with the new cloud hosting, being able to use that through DigitalOcean with Server Pilot and also now with Cloudways. I think Cloudways is something unique. Actually. You've got to explain this to me because I, because everybody talks about it. There's an awful lot of people that you and I both know uh, mm-hmm. discuss. Cloudways is just a word which comes up all the time and DigitalOcean is a word which comes up all the time. And not being a user of them and having a setup which currently works for me, I, I don't really have the time to go out and look at all these fabulous new technologies. But I, I was a little bit confused. So could you explain how your setup works, what the options are, how how did you choose things? Because you had a lot more choice. You could choose various things as you signed up, and I didn't quite know why would I choose that one over this one and so on. Yeah, with Cloudways, well, it, it's effectively allows you to choose any of the big cloud hosting platforms out there. So DigitalOcean, uh, Google, Amazon, uh, I think Linode as well is another one. There's one more, I'm sure, but I can't remember what it is. So really, they are the service that installs your WordPress for you and gives you other things like Vanish caching systems and things like that that does that for you. But I think Cloudways is quite unique because if you was to go through, if you was to go and say buy DigitalOcean separately, then it's up to you how you put and install WordPress and everything else. You can either go through a command line and you can use some free software. I think Easy Engine is one, but that was above my skill level. Or you can use a service like ServerPress, which I've been using to to manage that, but it gets a little bit more expensive because if you want to install certificates with ServerPress, it's going to cost you $10 a month per server that you use. Wow. Droplet. Yeah. So, so you, in the cheapest way to get it, of course, is something like DigitalOcean. Now you can get a one gig droplet, as they call them, a server. That's RAM I'm talking about yep, here. Yep. And it's only going to cost you $5 a month. But of course, if you if you need something to stick your <laughs> certificates on and you're not good with command line and you don't understand that stuff, you're really going to need to get some sorry, server pilot. I said server press, apologies, yeah, server yeah, no, pilot. I wondered about that, yeah. And yeah, so and that's going to cost you ten dollars. So it's going to cost you more than the actual hosting to be able to set things up. So it there's a lot of balances to be had there, but I don't think you can beat it for somebody of my skill level to be able to get that kind of power. Right. So, but so you you as you sign up to Cloudways, you pick mm-hmm. from Amazon, yeah. Google, da 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 da, Linode, and all of those ch- providers. And then, obviously, mm. at the time where the website is provisioned, it puts it on their platform. But you don't have to worry about their platform. You just know that's where it is. But you don't have to interact yeah. with it in any way. No, you just. I mean, you don't get a cPanel in the, the or Plesco or anything like that. But you get there own setup but the thing is you can have multiple so i could have a google one a, a digital ocean one a volta one if i want running and i can actually pass uh, copies of website between those different servers okay. that are managed all in the one place which is quite handy and so, it really takes care so no sorry i didn't mean to interrupt there um so it takes care of provisioning it to this place but you can swap it to a different place uh, whenever you like and do you have sort of find control over things like uh, CPU and all of that? 
No, you, you're kind of getting what you what you've signed up to. Of course, you can keep moving up the packages because okay. all of them, yeah. you know, yeah. all of them have their packages, so you can do that. I think if you go, uh, because of course they're having to manage, and I don't quite know how this works. I haven't been with Cloudways as long as I have been with DigitalOcean on its own, so I don't know. But um, yeah, if you overstep their bandwidth amount, I guess they they take care of charging you. The only thing about Cloudways, of course, it's a more expensive way of getting each of these cloud hosting services. The The easiest way is to just buy them directly from them and install what you need yourself. There's a company called Bitnami. Um, mm -hmm. I've never used their stuff, but my understanding is that they they provide little packages ready to run applications. So they'll they'll do something similar. They'll stick um, WordPress onto these platforms and take all of that. So then you, I think, pay Amazon directly or Google directly, and they mm -hmm. you pay them an additional monthly fee for just maintaining. Uh, for sticking WordPress on there and keeping it updated and things. I've not tried that, but that's another, possibly another option. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like that's working in the same way that Server Pilot yeah, does. Yeah, possibly, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's balances here. I mean, if I've got a, a larger server with DigitalOcean, which is 4 gig, and of course it's it's cheaper for me to have that 4 gig server with server pilot than it would be for me to buy that same one from cloudways because mm -hmm. they increase their charges it's almost like doubling the charges each time so it works out cheaper so there's a balance to be had there mm -hmm. but i mean cloudways does make it easy for anybody without skill to be able to have a really a managed vps effectively okay which and it's going to be you know it's going to be cheaper than most of your shared so that's why i think that the old traditions are dying a little bit now because new things are are replacing it, new ways of doing stuff. And you talked about one as well, didn't you? The what was the company? Oh, Hardy yes. Press. We had Hardy Press on a few weeks ago. Who've got? A, if you didn't hear that episode, they've got an entirely mm. different model. Um, I forget the pricing, so forgive me um, for that. But essentially, they when you sign up with their service, they they have your WordPress site in a Docker container, so um, a, a virtual machine. So. Uh, like or, or imagine like a Windows desktop just on another computer, a bit like that, um, only Linux. And mm. the Docker container contains your site. So it, um, whilst the Docker container is alive and on, you can fiddle with WordPress in the admin area. And then when you shut it down, all of WordPress just goes away and they then crawl the site very quickly before they shut the container down and create flat HTML files. So... Mm all they're serving up to your customers and clients is just text, text-based HTML files. Um, they've overcome problems with things like contact forms by using contact form seven, but it, it, it just, it, it must be rocket fuel. It must be really fast, but it's, it doesn't allow you to um, have really, really complicated interactive stuff that's calling things from the server all the time. But it's another, just a new and interesting idea. Uh, I, think, I yeah. think, you know, if you've got a simple brochure site, and all you've got is a contact form and nothing much more than that. It, it, really great idea, um, worth checking out. I think I think it's like ten dollars a month or something. I'll whilst you whilst you talk, I'll um I'll go and find out. <laughs> yeah, and there's another thing that I think is a cloudy area. When people talk flywheels, the one that I always remember, people love flywheel and mm. it's quite expensive, but effectively, and I'm, I guess most people don't know that it is or was at least running off DigitalOcean. So in some ways, it's a very expensive way to get DigitalOcean, mm. but 
People love it because it just matches what they need. They do the backups, take care of the security, have really excellent support. So they're worth paying that extra money. Uh, Hardy Press is $5 a month. That's the cheapest package they offer. Um, and wow. and they, they don't go into things like CPU and all of that because they don't really need to. Um, they just mm. say you get 500 megabytes of storage, which you know might be, might be more than enough. Um, another thing that we haven't mentioned in all of this is things like email. Um, because that can be a significant <laughs> thing, you know. Does your host provide yeah. you with, a, with an email account? Because if you if you take the domain wpbuilds.com, uh, you would like to have some emails, I'm sure, coming to such and such at wpbuilds.com. And mm. and in I think quite a lot of these platforms they do uh, claim to provide email. Um, whether or not that's yeah. a reliable service it would be worth exploring. But my take on that always is to not combine hosting um, and emails for clients. And I try to persuade the clients to use a dedicated service like like G Suite, Google's version. That's the one I always recommend because I use it myself and I know how good it is. Yeah. Do you know what? I mean, this is really where, and this is a business problem for me at the moment because I want people to come on just for my hosting and get their own email hosting. Mm. But a lot of the sites are the people we serve really have so little email that's going to come in yep. from that that really it's not a big problem to kind of stick your email on your hosting yeah and it's quite it, it's a it's I, I create a burden you know for some of our typical clients who who may you know if they were doing it themselves we would have probably been happier with bluehost and hostgator and stuff who will give you unlimited everything apart from your ram and cpu you yeah. know but it'll be enough <laughs> yeah for what they need small businesses yeah so they'll give you unlimited email accounts and things like that I think, well, I, that's off the top of my head, but generally they do unlimited everything, disk space, because they know that, you know, they're strangling the amount of power that you have, that you're yeah. not going to use it up yeah. <laughs> effectively. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think that's the case with the email systems. You can create as many as you like, but um, they know their, their customers aren't going to do that. No, no. I, yeah, my advice to my clients is always separate the two. Um, mm. And then uh, certainly at the point of moving it, you've got one less thing to worry about because migrating emails can be a right old faff. Yes. Um, you know, especially if they've got, well, as one of my clients recently did, 80 gigabytes of emails. Wow. Uh, I know. <laughs> that was fun. Um, right. Are we done with that then? Yeah, I think so. Did we cover? Yeah. So that when we have these discussions, I guess we ought to have better discussions, didn't we, about the the kind of support that we get from, from people, what type of support you get from, and what type of power. I think that if, if hosting conversations were more about that, we would all learn a lot more, I think. Yeah, I think to some extent that's why uh, I, I would rather pay a decent amount of money to a host mm. because support is, I think, essential, especially if you... Um, don't know what you're doing. It's quite nice mm. to to have somebody on chat. One of the one of the companies I can mention because I have got a few sites on there is WP Engine, and they're not the cheapest mm. by a long way, but they are their support is almost instantaneous, um, mm. and I think that's possibly worth its weight in gold when things do go wrong. And we never got into things like backing up and stuff either, did we? Because no, a lot, we'll a lot do of the hosting we'll companies do will do that. We'll do that as a separate one, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Right. In which case, there we go. A little chat um, about hosting. Very nice. And now we'll go and do the interview. Hello and welcome to the interview part of the podcast. 
Today, all the way from Melbourne in Australia, we have Elliot Condon. Now, um, Elliot is somebody that you've uh, maybe not heard of um, directly, but he's certainly somebody that you've used his products, I'm sure, or at least come across them, because Elliot is the person behind ACF, or Advanced Custom Fields, which is a hugely runaway successful uh, plugin for WordPress. So, hello, good morning, good evening. What what what, what time is it? <laughs> Nathan, hi. It's hi. evening here. Oh, it's it's evening. It's, evening. Yeah. it's, it's past dinner. It's uh, it's seven thirty-five. I should say you're being very good because it's it's tea time on a um, on a Friday. So by all rights, you should be knocking off and going to the pub. But here you are talking to it's me. It's Friday Thank night you. here. Isn't it? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a raging. It's a raging Friday night for me. Clearly. Um, <laughs> but Do no, you... I'm I'm happy to chat. Oh, thanks. This you. is good. Yeah, it's great. We um. We were talking a little bit before the we started recording them, and we thought it might be quite nice uh, in the light of a few um, podcasts that I did recently, where we had lots of favourable comments when we spent a little bit of time just talking to the person about the person and their their history and heritage. So we're going to take that tack. We'll talk about ACF later, but um, so the first five, ten, fifteen minutes, whatever it turns into, is just going to be having a chat to Elliot about about his life. So. Um, are you are you from Melbourne originally? Were you born in that part of the world, or or what? Yeah, uh, in this part of the world, definitely, but not in Melbourne City. Uh, I actually grew up down the coast, uh, down in Victoria, Australia, mm-hmm. uh, down in the Surf Coast, um, about two hours south of Melbourne, uh, in a little town called Aries Inlet, uh, which is a tourist town. Uh, it's in between Anglesey and Lawn near Torquay as well, um, on the Great Ocean Road. So definitely a beautiful place of the world to grow up. Those um, um, those names are so familiar to me because they are, um, you know, every single one of those that you've just mentioned, I think apart from maybe not Lawn, um, has a has an equivalent in the UK. But I bet they're not quite as nice as, <laughs> as the Australian equivalent. <laughs> it's pretty nice down there. Mm. Uh, it's pretty picturesque. It's did, good. Did, and, you, um, did you have yeah. um, an interest in this side of things like were you when you were at school and a young child were you uh kind of the obsessive coding type if you know what i mean were you a mathematical child or or did you fall into this sort of stuff at a much later date yeah i think i never had a a grasp on programming Mm. as a kid but i think i had all the other um, the other parts were working so definitely an interest in mathematics Mm. and puzzle solving and problem solving um and computer games yeah i Uh, I was i was a big fan of all of the above i really enjoyed my maths lessons and i really enjoyed i didn't really enjoy reading books uh, unless they had a (laughs) non-fiction side to them except lord of the rings a notable exception which i obsessed about um really enjoyed (laughs) that but um yeah so growing up in did you you i'm gonna say do you have a a sort of wider family you're part of a bigger network brothers and sisters and all of that just the one brother, a pretty mm. small family. Mm. Um, and Aries Inlet also is somewhat isolated. It's a small town. There's maybe only uh, – now it's quite a lot bigger, but at the time maybe a 1,000 people lived there. Oh, okay. Um, so school was pretty small. Mm. Um, I was actually the only boy in my year whoa, whoa, in primary school. Whoa, that is small. Yeah. <laughs> whoa. It was small. There was maybe – 
I think there was maybe uh, 10 girls in my year. I was the only boy in the last, so uh, year six over mm. here is the last year in primary school. Man alive. Um, and I think, yeah, it was fun. There was only maybe four of us, four guys, and one by one, <laughs> they kind of moved off to other schools um, <laughs> towards the end. And it was just me. When uh, when I was at school, there was there wasn't really. I mean, compute. I'm what am I? I'm like forty something. Oh, I don't know. For, let's say I'm forty three or four. I really that's rubbish, isn't it? Um, there you was there was this one token computer, uh, and yep. the, the the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation. Uh, I don't know quite how all this happened, but they they created this computer called a BBC. Um, and, and every school had one. I presume they were given away, but they were always locked in a cupboard. And the BBC computer would come out on its trolley periodically and the teacher would, um, p- you know, press the keys and everything would, wouldn't work because they had no idea how to use it. So computers to me were an, an enigma. We never, never got sight of any of those until I was much older. Is that the same for you or did you, did you get your hands on them we at had- an early age? Yeah, we had computers and growing up, we also had an uncle who was great with computing and would yearly upgrade his rig and we got the hand-me-down. Nice. Um, Yeah, and he was right into gaming as well. So we had, yeah, a kind of a second-hand computer every year or two with, um, and this is going back to like B drive discs and A drive discs of games. Yeah. Um, maybe, yeah, there would have been CDs as well by the end of that. Um, uh, we, so we, we did the, have... We had the big floppy also, thing. Oh, sorry, sorry, go on. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, and also at school, there was some, we did have computers in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, those classic, those classic uh, white cream coloured plastic boxes with a turbo <laughs> button that no one knew what the turbo <laughs> button does and it's things. Do you know what the turbo button is? No, is? no. In, in my experience of computers was this BBC thing at school, but that was in an era when mm. nobody had a computer, uh, literally nobody that I knew, except this one rich kid that nobody really liked, and I knew his dad had a Commodore pet, um, yeah. but we never got to see it. But it was this apocryphal computer that lived in a house somewhere in the town. But um, then along came the, the Commodore computers. There was the Commodore VIC-20, um, followed closely by the Commodore 64. Um, and they were the, they were the, like the prestige computer that every kid wanted because they had like really nice sound and they had a fairly good graphics and 64 K of memory, 64 K. Just imagine oh, wow. that nowadays, you wouldn't even fit like a quarter of one word document on that. Um, no. and, and, but the, 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 the more normal kids, if you like, me and my family, we had a ZX Spectrum, which was made by a company called Sinclair. And it was this, it was, it was a computer. It was about the size of two pieces of toast. Um, and basically it was a bit rubbish, but it was fun. You had loads of little games for it. So what, what, what computer specifically do you remember having? And, um, and what game? I want to know the exact names of the games. The games? I don't remember what the computers oh, no. were. I was probably too young, but they were, you know, they were Windows builds at that time. They were Windows 95. Oh. All, that I, all that stands out is that at one stage it was on the A-drive discs, um, when we had uh, this hand-me-down computer, we didn't boot into Windows. We booted into this other operating system or whatever it was, a directory manager called X-Tree Gold. 
Um, and I do have fond memories of that because it was essentially a DOS interface yep. uh, tree directory looking thing that we could just go in and select the game. Um, but uh, what were the games? That's a really good question. They would have been so basic. They would have been uh, just odd. Oh, actually, there was a great game that I did play called uh, – right, I'm going to look this up in the background. But it was this kind of 2D physics game where you would use fans and they'd blow balls onto a switch and nice. something else would happen. So puzzles. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, no, no, you uh, go for wow. it. Wow, I'm reliving the past. When, when, while you look it up, I'll, I'll tell everybody what I played because <laughs> I love yeah. my computer. It was, like I said, it was a ZX Spectrum and I played games, so, such thrilling games as Manic Miner, Night Law, um, oh, there was absolutely loads of them. There was there was Penetrator, which was you had to sort of like guide this guide this spaceship through. There was there were obstacles at, at top and at bottom, and you had to <laughs> guide it through. Honestly, if you showed that game to my children, they would literally wet themselves with how pathetic it was. <laughs> and yet, at the time, unbelievable. There were unfortunately for me, I kind of lost my interest in computer games, and, and to some extent with computers mm-hmm. altogether. Um, and yep. then kind of went away from it all and then came back to it. Um, with, with, um, with kids nowadays, mm-hmm. I, don't know if you, I don't know if you have a similar setup in Australia, but there's a real strong push to, to get kids into coding. I think the government in this country have decided that uh, this is a strength um, of, of our country. You know, we, we do produce quite a lot of people um, producing good code and, you know, the, it's a good industry for the UK. So they, there's a lot of initiatives now trying to get the children to learn to code. And my children who are in primary school, they actually have coding classes. It's part of the curriculum. Do you know if, do you know if wow. kids, kids in Australia do that stuff? Definitely. Um, yeah, nieces and nephews. Yep. Um, I've seen they do robotics. Nice. They program these robots and they build the robots and nice. they program them to do stuff. <laughs> yeah. And wouldn't it be fun to be growing up um, at the moment? I mean, I say that. Maybe it's not as fun as it seems, but that part of it that part um, very cool. sounds amazing. There's um, There's been a project uh, from out of the UK, but it's gone global, this Raspberry Pi thing where you can... You can buy yeah. this credits card size computer, basically. Um, and it, it's uh, my children have got one and play with it on a regular basis. And there's an awful lot of um, things that are going on with it as well. You know, little attachments that you can buy for it. Anyway, we've sort of gone into a real tangent there. So let's let's drag it back to you. So how, you've grown you've grown up a little bit. You're a little bit older. When was the first? Can you remember or tell us about the first moment where you sat down at a computer and thought, I'm going to do this for a living? Hmm. Um, well, the earliest I can think of, I mean, maybe at this point I was definitely not thinking about a living, but in high school, um, we did have an IT class and we were playing around with Flash. So it wasn't so much programming at that stage, it was just little animations, Mm. but anything creative really, um, really took a hold of me in high school. I loved art classes and graphics classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed, I think in a lot of my spare time, I was making flash animations right. and little flash games. Right. Um, Cause that was really popular. That was what was happening when I was growing up. And yep. it was just finish school, come home, play RuneScape. Um, but then also check out, uh, there was a couple of websites um, 
that were just flash website games or flash okay. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so I kind of I would have played around just trying to make my own. Okay. Um, I think it's yes. Um, well, I was just hmm. going to say I think it's um, I think it is a really exciting time for children. You know, lots and lots of sort of stuff going on, um, and the fact that you you know you mention art and things. I I wasn't the yeah. kind of child that made the connection with code right. being artistic until I was a lot older. Um, and then one day I remember, I distinctly remember the moment where I suddenly thought, actually, this is this is akin to making a painting. Um, you know, the, the skills yeah. that I require, there's a lot more logic in it. But once you've got over that initial hurdle and you've, you've made something work and you've fought through it all, there's that distinct <laughs> moment of this is this is a beautiful thing that I'm doing here. I really like it on an artistic <laughs> level. Um, yeah, it's definitely using the same part of the brain, isn't it? Because you're yeah. creating something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, which is, I mean, that's, that's really quite cool, isn't it? There mm. is definitely a connection. And especially with web development, there's a huge overlap between the actual design of the website and feedback design, the, the user interface and the user experience. So mm. I think there's a big kind of overlap now, yeah. especially. And also to have uh, the, to, to be able to do two. something new and innovate something mm. for the first time requires those exact same skills, I think, as a, a, a as an artist does. And we, we seem to have, um, there seems to be a real sort of like nerd mentality in the UK. That is to say that, you know, the, there are the kids who do art and then there's the kids who <laughs> do sort of maths and science-y sort of things. Right. The two don't seem to, meet, to, to mix too well. Um, I could be wrong about that. That just seems to be my impression of it. But it's a shame because I, I feel that there's such an overlap. And obviously WordPress, code is poetry, kind of sums that up really well. Um, anyway, we should, let, let's let's move on a bit. We've been talking now for about a quarter of an hour. That was really fun. Thanks for that. It was a real insight into your life. Let's talk about ACF for a bit. Um, Shall we? Yeah, okay. Um, first of all, if you haven't used ACF, it's um, it's a plugin released uh, by Elliot. There's a considerably cool free version. Um, and then there's also mm-hmm. ACF Pro, which adds a few features on top, which we might get onto in a little while. Um, do you want to do you want to explain on a high level what its core purpose is and perhaps even tell us why you built it? What was wrong with WordPress that needed mending? Oh, yeah, we should definitely talk about that. Mm. Um, but let's get into Yeah, I'm happy to talk about what ACF is. I think I can could sum up some words. Um, ACF uh, is a WordPress plugin that provides you the tools and allows you to customize the fields on a WordPress edit screen. So this is pretty similar to maybe a contact form plugin uh, or, you know, even bigger picture outside of WordPress. Um, a subscription sign-up form, anything that allows you to customize form input fields. And so when you're in WordPress and you're creating a blog post, um, that post already actually has fields on the page. You've got a title and you've got content. Although it's only two fields, um, these 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 are content fields for that post object. And so ACF allows you to customize those and also add new ones to the posts. So you can, yeah, get quite artistic actually and redesign the entire edit screen with all of these new input fields of all, all different sorts, all different types as well. well. WordPress has sort of got to the point mm. recently, especially with things like um, page builders. And also I think it's got a heritage of people just using the text mm-hmm. editor 
to do absolutely everything. So they'll drop a ton of mm. short codes in there and they'll try to make that yep. one field, if you like, do absolutely yeah. everything, which is which is exactly what you're trying to fix. So you you can Definitely. just drop in well what what kind of field options have you got so by default you get the, the the content if you like in the in the text area you get the title what 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 other things mm. can we then add with acf to our post type yeah so with acf you've got basic html input fields things like just text fields text area fields number fields um, but then you've got uh, some more content-based fields. You've obviously got the WYSIWYG field, which is at the WordPress uh, content editor as it stands today, uh, which is a tiny mice uh, JavaScript editor. Mm -hmm. uh, you've then got image fields, file fields for uploading attachments. Um, you've also got uh, choice-based fields, uh, like select elements, checkbox radio fields, uh, true-false toggle switches. Um, then there's relational fields for selecting existing content or linking to existing content. Uh, so there's the link field, post object field, relationship field, taxonomy, and user. Um, I'm actually having a look at these on my screen, which is quite handy. You've probably been working with it for so long, you've <laughs> forgotten what you, what's on there. <laughs> exactly. I know. I need to, look, I need to cheat right now. So I'm, I'm, I am looking. Um, there's some more interactive uh, jQuery-based fields, so things like Google Maps, date, date time, time pickers, color pickers. And then there's some really interesting fields um, for repeating or creating groups uh, of, of fields. And uh, then so we start getting into things like the repeater field and the flexible content field, which basically... Uh, allow you to create little repeatable areas uh, of subfields. And uh, you can get very creative with these. You can basically, I, I don't think I've ever seen a website that cannot be content managed um, with ACF. Yeah, I completely um, agree. There's, there's basically just no scenario. Um, it would have to be an amazing website to um, to complain about uh ACF's interface. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I suppose if you've not been using WordPress for very long and you're thinking, well, what's wrong with the the WordPress post type or what's wrong with the page mm -hmm. um, post type and and what have you? What, why do I need other things? And and I think you just have to you just have to think outside the box a little bit. An example that I built recently with ACF was a was a real estate website. So rather than try to get every single thing about a house into the text area. You simply create a, a, a field for uploading images, and then the, the client, in mm. my case, a, a real estate agent, can just upload the images, and then there might be a text field where they might want to put the number of rooms and the names of yeah. the rooms and all of that kind of stuff. And, and very, very quickly, I mean really quickly, it, it takes <laughs> seconds with your plugin. It's brilliant. You can just add these fields and tell it, okay, shove those on this post type, the house post type, mm -hmm. And um, but the, the the sort of the, I suppose the difficulty um, with ACF that's the wrong word but your plugin is specifically designed to create the fields not mm -hmm. to then output those fields uh, is would that be a Correct. fair fair thing to say? Yeah, it's fair enough to say. So ACF is a developer tool. It's built for developers. Um, so it's expected that you know how to customize your theme code. Yeah, uh, it was designed in mind. Um, to solve a problem 
um, at the time when I was building it to solve a, a problem uh, in the workflow and the building process of a typical agency website where the, the client goes to a graphic design agency who designs this pretty website and then passes that on to a web development development agency who then has to bring that design to life. And that design is complicated. There's lots of areas uh, all over the screen that you need to be able to edit content. And there's just no way you could do that with shortcodes because these areas of content extend well outside of the, in quotes, content area. Mm. So uh, technically, yes, it could be a hurdle, uh, but I actually see it as a, a really good thing that ACF is definitely a developer tool. Yep. Um, and uh, when you were uh, just previously talking, I was thinking, I mean, why why use ACF? Yeah, sure, we can create all these fields. That's good. But why are we doing that? The beauty of separating your content entry into individual fields is so the data is stored separately. Good point. Uh, like little Lego blocks in the database. This is a really good thing because you can then pull those Lego blocks out and put them anywhere you want. Good because point. using shortcodes is great. Yeah, shortcodes are great for... Uh, modifying and manipulating the layout within the, in quotes, content area. Um, but outside of that content area, you have no way of of uh, customizing or, or modifying the content. And so this is this is the problem that ACF solves. It allows, uh, allows you to both easily input the data, but uh, then... Secondarily, uh, secondly, um, to extract that data. So yeah. with really, really easy um, functions, you can load that data back out and and render your own HTML and yeah. have full control so over, if, over the end result. If you're using, if you're not using um, fields and you're just using the, mm. the 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 wissy wig editor, the text editor, you don't really get any yeah. of that. You just simply get to splurge it all out in one big lump, and yeah. whatever whatever the lump is that you put in is the lump that you're going to get out. Whereas um, right. If you put in 15 fields, you, you might only need to display two of them um, and you can repurpose those other fields in all sorts of other interesting ways. Like you might put them on the um, the display um, so that the, the, the client who's updating this website could see some of these fields and the, the, the end users, the, the in my case, the people buying houses don't see those fields. So there might be internal yeah. things and external things and certain images might be seen. But uh, the possibilities are literally endless. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a hard sell, isn't it? Because it's difficult to explain it, but it's very easy to see the purpose of it when you actually use it. Yeah. I think that if you're starting off with WordPress and you're a web developer, you're going to come across this issue straight away on yeah, day yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. to how do I allow my client to safely edit this content? How do I get that content into the theme? Uh, that's the first way you'll find ACF. But uh, if you're not uh, programming on day one, uh, yeah, it might seem a little bit trickier to come across ACF, but it is easy to use. There's lots of documentation. We've got lots of help available. It's uh, it's not rocket science to no, edit a theme, to no. edit HTML. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask everyone to edit HTML. Um, I always believe in hiring a professional to do that kind of stuff. But if you are a bit of a DIYer or you fancy yourself as a good learner, a quick learner, um, you know, HTML, it's not rocket science. Nope. It is um, 
it's very uh it's very very what's the word what's the what's a good word to say what html forward. is mm, it is quite straightforward yeah, yeah. Um, the the other nice thing I think that's come over the horizon um, to save to save loads of time for all of us is of course um, mm. so, something that I'm really keen on. I'm really bullish about page builders um, and their yes. their ability to to just dramatically take the time it takes for somebody like me to to create websites for clients. You know, just so so yeah. much faster. Um, and there's lots and lots of lovely integrations uh, with these page builders. In my case, um, being a, a big proponent of Beaver Builder, um, those guys yes. did quite a lot of work to w- literally by clicking a button and copying and pasting the name mm. of a field, um, which ACF provides for you on the, the back end. Uh, you're, you're done. You can you know you can display literally anything you want. So if what we've just said and, you know, Elliot's saying learn HTML, there are there are other more sort of gooey ways of doing it and getting a, a beautiful display trivially, but um, potentially not your, would you say that's not your target audience or are you embracing that more as time goes on? Are you getting into like the page builder and, and the way that, mm. um, that WordPress seems to be moving in that direction? I wouldn't say it's my target audience, okay. but I'm definitely embracing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm embracing anything with WordPress. And yeah. I'm so impressed with what page builders are doing now. Um, not only do they look beautiful, but they work. Yeah. <laughs> they really yeah. work. They really work. Um, I think we're at this defining stuff. moment with them where mm. there's so many people using them now. We yeah. certainly in my experience, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who think that it's not the way, you know, it's not the right way of doing it and it's not the WordPress right. way and all of that kind of stuff. But um, yeah. I, I think there's a there's enough people using them now that there's there's a real ecosystem of stuff around them. So, you know, you can buy uh, or even just for free download whole template libraries just to give you a, yeah. a, 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 a leg up. You know, so if you want a section which builds this kind of layout, here's a, here's where a map might go. And, oh, look, I could drop my ACF field into that map section. And here's how a beautiful header might look. Um, you know, I'll drop my, uh, drop my title in there from, from ACF or my text field or whatever. Um, I, I just see that as a really, the way it's all going. And then, of course, the, um, the elephant in the room that we haven't mentioned yet is, um, is Gutenberg. Have you uh, have you seen that? Played with that? Had any experience of it at all? All the above. Good. All the above. Um, quite involved. Um, obviously, there's quite a responsibility from my end. Yep. Um, to uh, reassure the public. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> that ACF is going to continue working, and we're integrating with Gutenberg, and the sky will not fall. Um, <laughs> there has been a little bit of panic, hasn't there? There's been a little bit yeah, of... Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people are just a little bit of, of worry that, of that exact moment. They're afraid of that that one time yes. when they click the button to update to 5.0. Um, but from everything that I've seen, I don't think we need to worry too much. And of course, there's ways to mitigate that. You can you can disable it if it's really not your, not your bag. Do you want to... Um, do you want? Are you able to tell us any of the fun stuff that's coming around from Gutenberg, or is that something you want to just keep until Gutenberg's live and kicking? Mm, um, I will hint at oh, the good. fact that uh, I've added in uh, some compatibility with Gutenberg, okay. um, some really interesting compatibility that will leverage all the cool stuff that Gutenberg can do, 
and all the cool stuff that ACF currently does. Um, but I won't say exactly what it is just yet until the Gutenberg project is a bit more um, positively embraced yeah, okay. <laughs> by the development community. Do, does somebody like you, um, do you communicate directly? Because your livelihood is in, inextricably linked to WordPress and, you know, there's a seismic change with Gutenberg coming along. Do you, um, mm. do you sort of try to stay in with those communities? Do you, do you keep abreast on a, like on a Slack channel or, or some way, or do you just see the, the press releases and the, the things that come out of make.wordpress.org? Um, or, or do you talk to the people involved yeah. in Gothenburg? A bit of everything. I'm not much. Uh, I don't really go on Slack. Mm. Um, I'm a bit scared of what would happen if I went on on Slack. I don't think <laughs> I'd get any work done. <laughs> so I stay away from it. But uh, I'm on I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time. And Twitter is such a great resource for web developers. Right. Um, and there's just everyone is writing all these amazing blog posts. There's such good content, and Twitter is just delivering it straight to me. So. There's a lot um, that gets published about Gutenberg every day. Right. I mean, there really is, um, isn't there? You'd be hard, you'd have to yeah. you'd have to have your eyes shut and your ears closed to not realise what's going on. But that's good. I mean, it's nice. Just mm. it's reassuring because certainly, I, I would say every single person that I know in the WordPress space. Uh, let me see if that's right. I, I think it's <laughs> fair to say almost every single person that I know in the WordPress space uses your product. Um, and so that's a that is a that's a sort of like a burden to bear, isn't it? You don't want to screw things up. You've got a history of of doing it right. Um, so, I yeah. like to think so. Mm. Um, I, I think I've got a history of doing things slowly, and I think that's really worked out for me. I think I've never been on the forefront of jumping on the the latest idea. Nope. Kind of had that little bit of hesitation and maybe wait six months. That those um, words are. And I think that's. I was just going to say those yeah. words are absolutely music to my ears. I've never. <laughs> I, I I choose. Um, I, I use. I'm a consumer of plugins. I, you know, if possible, if I can find a, a route to do it myself, I'll do that. But a lot of the things that I need to do are plugin based, and that that's a massive criteria for me. Is that there's a there's a history of somebody in there not trying to add every feature in as soon as it's possible and break things. I want I want stability over features every single time. Yeah, I think everyone does. Yeah. And I think as ACF grows bigger and bigger, there's more and more responsibility to obviously make sure that it is stable um, ever across the board, that, you know, that everything works and it works well. Yep. Um, do you? Hmm. Do you? But I um, think that's always, that's just always been my my style. I've yeah. never really been on the the forefront. It took me years to even pre-compile CSS. I was handwriting the full CSS um, for the non-developers out there. CSS is for styling the HTML. Yep. And um, we got just the best um, the best tools in the last five years. We got less and SAS. And, and some other stuff, but for compiling. And we could uh, write the same amount of code in maybe half the time. Yeah. And I love it now, but for years, I didn't use it. I thought it was just a buzzword. I thought it was just a... <laughs> Well, there's maybe no, I was a bit out of yeah, touch a couple no, of years no, ago. No, you don't need to use it, do you? But it definitely saves you a lot of time, and anything that saves you time is a good idea. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that, yes. no, that's great, and it's nice to hear it from the the horse's mouth, as it were, because 
Um, yeah. Do, do you have yeah, any... There's some really cool stuff coming. There's some really cool Gutenberg stuff coming. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is that ACF, it kind of exists outside of the scope of what Gutenberg is because Gutenberg is, is bringing a new content editor um, for pages and posts. And ACF has always sat outside of the content editing area. It's yep. always been its own. These are meta boxes yep. on the page. And Gutenberg, they're trying to integrate meta boxes into the content. Um, but I'm a strong advocate for they are separate for a reason. There's really no point to merge the two together. It's basically redesigning the wheel. I mean, meta boxes are a beautiful thing. I hope that all the other developers out there agree. They actually are really. Um, uh, 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 what's the word? Oh, there's such a good word that I'm thinking of. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, they are, they're a really good solution. Really <laughs> yeah, go good with that. <laughs> there, no, there's, there is a word that just says this perfectly, and Adam Savage used it the other day on one of his YouTube shows. Oh. Um, I'll think of it later. But anyway, metaboxes are a good thing, yeah. and uh, ACF will continue to use them. Oh, good, good. Oh, well, that's that's an interesting thing to know as well. Um, do you know how many people? Because we were talking a little while ago mm-hmm. about just how everybody that I know uses it, and um, I, I'm just interested to know. I mean, I'm on the WordPress.org uh, repo, and it's um, forward mm-hmm. WordPress.org forward slash plugins forward slash advanced hyphen custom hyphen fields. Um, and you, you, it's not very granular, is it? I know they try to improve these things all the time, but the mm. the the all it says is active installations one plus million. <laughs> That's such a big number. <laughs> That's a bit vague, isn't it? <laughs> no, but it's so big. It doesn't matter how vague it is. That's a lot of people. Do you know what the do you know what the increment is? Does that go up to like two million, or does that cover anything less than ten million, or what? I I suspect that they're downplaying that number a little bit. I've got a good I've got a good feeling it's a lot bigger than that. Oh my lord! Uh, <laughs> yeah, you really yeah, can't I break think anything. <laughs> yeah, from what I know from WordPress's side, it goes up in increments of one. So if you get to two million, that will change to two plus million. Okay. So it could but be it could I, be one million one hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety four, and it'd still say one million. Okay, so you think yeah. it's closer to two than one? That's that's interesting. I think I think I think it's a bit beyond two as well. <laughs> ah, that really is interesting. I mean, that's an amazing I, thought that you can have a bolt on to a CMS with over mm-hmm. two million, um, a two million into, and the ratings. Mm-hmm. Good grief! Look at that. I mean, it's got close to a thousand. Oh no, it's got oh. Uh, 982 five star ratings that's pretty tremendous and then you've always got 982 yeah that's dangerously close to a thousand isn't it <laughs> how many do we need how many Eight, more do we need 18 18 to get 18 <laughs> that's all you need uh if there's anybody Could listening please to this have podcast, 18 yeah, <laughs> there's 18 people just go <laughs> go and review it five stars do you know what i bet i mean you've got near you've got over two million we think view um people using it and um, 982 of them, which is the absolute lion's share of the reviews. I mean, the others aren't, they can't even be present a percentage point, nowhere near. Um, that's an incredible testament. That is a solid, solid score. Well done. 
Thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> um, the, 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 I think the... for a free plugin, though, yeah. it's just solves so much. And I mean, ACF was always meant to be a free plugin. I do have the pro version now, and that is my full time job, which is amazing. I absolutely love it. But actually, when I made ACF, I had I had no idea that this could be a full time job. That this could generate salary. Um, so it always has and always will be a free plugin. Obviously, right. there's professional features because I need to make a living out of this. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I've always put a lot of effort into the free plugin. The free plugin is basically everything you kind of need. Um, yeah. But do you, do you want to dwell? Because that is interesting. You know, if there's any people on here who've mm. installed the free, well, obviously there will be um, who've installed the free the free version. Do you want to just elucidate what it is that, that the pro version, what what you get that's extra? Yeah, so the pro version has five new features. Um, four of them being new field types. Uh, so in those field types, there is, uh, as previously mentioned, there was that repeater field and flexible content field. Which, by the way, is the best invention ever. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's really good. The repeater field, I might, actually, I'll talk about the repeater field in a second because that's got a little bit of history. That's kind of an interesting story. Oh, good. Um, yeah. But uh, So uh, the repeater field, the flexible content field, the gallery field, and the clone field, yep. um, they're all for... Uh, taking that admin UI to the next level, to, mm. to giving your client these amazing and endless possibilities mm. of inputting content safely and smartly. Um, that fifth feature is called the options page, which allows you to create new admin pages just on the fly, yep. which is cool. Yep. Um, because WordPress doesn't actually give you a way to create global options data. No. I mean, it gives us a, it gives us a table in the database called WP options and it's global data and we all save and load to it and you can use it, you know, for example, a uh, uh, header image would get saved to the options table because it's used everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, related to a single post. Um, and so, yeah, the options page, which I love, that's one of my favorite things because it's just so ele oh, elegant. Elegant. That is the word I was thinking. There you go. It's an elegant solution. Yeah. Um, I love that. I think that that says such. I like that. Um, the options page, yeah, you can create new admin pages on the fly with a very small amount of code. Nice. Um, and then set your field groups up to appear there. So it's great for, you know, having, you know, header and footer to really quick and easy uh, pages that you could set up and, mm -hmm. you know, the footer you could set up, some columns for content editors and maybe the, uh, you could have your social information in there as well that you could reuse all over the place in your website. I haven't so, really explored the options page. I'm gonna as soon as we finish this, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm gonna go and explore that. I like the options page yeah. because um, I like when I'm writing code and things talk to things. That's that's blows my mind and is the most satisfying part of my job when I can create two cogs. And that they start talking together. So mm -hmm. the options page can start talking to all the other fields. And I never told the options page to talk to a specific field, but it knows the language. So it can. It just talks to this bigger brain that understands how fields work and it will create the inputs on them. And I think that's really cool when you kind of sit back. Well, creating a tool actually in general is quite amazing because Every website uses ACF differently, and mm. I never programmed um, the end result. I just programmed the tool 
Um, and that's why it's so. That is why it's so popular, isn't it? Because everybody can get a hook into it um, and spit yeah. out what they want um, in in whatever way they want. And it, it everything that you've just said kind of harks back to what we were saying about twenty minutes ago. You know, this idea that that code is beautiful and poetic and elegant, as you just described it. It feels like that, doesn't it? And it sounds like you've had some sort. Oh, I'm going to use another e word. A, a, a nice epiphany when you um, uh-huh. when you you sort of put some of this stuff together the options options pages and things start communicating in ways that you uh, you didn't really expect or or, or contrive yeah, that's really nice you were going to talk about the um, the repeater field you said there was a nice story there yes let's do that so this actually takes us way back uh, and I, I looked this up i looked up the timelines this is a cool thing about the tools that we have these days for uh, managing repositories and and uh, file history is that I could actually go back and see date stamps for everything that I'd ever done, which was cool. Ah, nice. So we're going to take a little trip back seven years ago to uh, 2011. <laughs> 2011, which 2011 was a big year. I was looking through the uh, the tagged versions of ACF and I released three major versions in one year. Good going. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how much I was working. I was clearly not sleeping. <laughs> too much coffee. Too much coffee. My God, I was moving fast. <laughs> that was for sure. So we're going back to 2011. Um, I was freelancing at the time, uh, building some websites, and there was a custom field plugin that already existed. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It worked. It didn't look pretty, and it was difficult to use. Um, and so it didn't have repeatable data. Right. And I was building this website, and this website had a, a homepage slider, and I needed a way for the client to change all the images and text for the slider. And I think I had it set up that it was just three slides, and okay. that's it. Yep. You couldn't have any more, couldn't have any less. And I thought, God, wouldn't it be nice if you could just create a slide and then just the the, uh, the client could just log in and, add another slide or delete a slide whenever she wanted. And yeah, not yeah. just specific to a slider, but anything that was repeatable. I yeah, mean, yeah, so yeah. much content. We were really, uh, actually, the designs at the time were really grid heavy. Grids were, yeah. were really in. We loved boxing in content a while a while ago. And so I actually built a plugin called Custom Field Matrix. So I was obviously using this other custom field plugin for all of the normal custom field stuff which ACF now does. And I built this uh, custom field matrix plugin just to take care of this repeatable concept. Mm. Um, and it was super basic. It only had an image field and a text field, but that was enough for me to create sliders because I could create an image and then a text field for an alt tag and a text field for a title and yep. actually got by with that. That was quite good. I was using it on a couple of websites and I decided to put it up on the WordPress plugins page. And that got a lot of feedback. People loved it. People started using it and couldn't believe how amazing this was to repeat data. It kind of didn't exist. Um, or if it if it did exist, I just wasn't aware of it. And I was a bit ignorant and just made my own thing. Wow, that's good. Um, Why not? Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I should have been contributing to something else. I don't know. Um, someone will tell me. Um and so I worked on Custom Field Matrix for, for a little while. This is before I came up with ACF. And it was in this development of Custom Field Matrix 
that I realized I was designing a very niche part of a bigger picture. And that yep. bigger picture is ACF. That bigger picture is the fact that you can create custom fields on the fly of all different sorts. Um, so that field matrix plugin, uh, yeah, so it only had an image field, a text field, and you could repeat them. And I kind of figured, oh, well, maybe there's this parent plugin uh, that handles all the fields. But then there's this matrix thing as a kind of add-on. Right, right. Um, so this is where the whole idea of ACF actually got born. So oh, I kind I of parked, yeah. Yeah, I kind of parked the, the matrix field plugin and I started work on ACF. And so that began in 2011. And yeah, in that same year, I'd somehow pumped out three major versions, which yeah. were pretty, pretty uh, feature packed of looking through the changelog of these and i added in a lot i mean the code is horrible my god i guess that's a that's across every person like you has to bear staring at what you did 10 years ago or seven years ago and it probably even what you did yeah. last year you'd be uh, you know appalled if there's any developers listening, go and find your oldest repository and go look at your code from as far back as you can. And you... Um, I think. Sorry, sorry. I, I, it was a bit of lag there and it went silent. Then suddenly it didn't. So I'm sorry. It sounds like I interrupted you there. Um, okay. Do you just change in tack a little bit? You, you, you yeah. sound like you're. Like really grateful um, about the the opportunity mm. that WordPress has given to you, and um, you know you've made your career out of selling. Uh, it, it's amazing even to say it, isn't it? You're selling an add-on to a plugin to a free CMS, and it's it's you know that's your your living. You know you know you give away a huge amount for free on top of something else which is free, and you add a few more extra bits, and that's the way you make your living. Do you consider that to be um, a, a bit of luck? Were you in the right place at the right time? Um, what's your what's your thoughts on it? Do you wake up and sort of feel, boy, I am I am doing so well here. It's lovely. <laughs> I'm definitely thankful. I mean, the situation, the position that I am in at the moment is so strange, but I love it. Mm. Um, I love working on this project so much. Um, you had, I, I've kind of forgotten the exact question you just asked. Well, it um, was, it was really about what, what your thoughts are about, um, about your position really, and about how you, uh, what what stance you take? You know, do, do you see yourself as somebody that's sort of grinded to get it, or do you feel like that it was a bit of luck? Because from the story that you've just oh, told, oh yeah yeah yeah, yep, the story yep, that you've just yep, told, sorry. it feels like you were the perfect person in the right place at the right time. Because things I like was. Drupal, uh, which I was a big user of, the, the, you you would people were doing this um, in in the time that you were creating ACF, and yet the the most popular system for producing web content since it came around really has been WordPress and yet nobody was really doing what you were doing at that exact time or if they were yep. it faded away and your one has well, you know, your idea has risen to the top yes definitely right place at the right time mm. but I mean I at the time was using this other uh, custom field plugin and I think there were a few so yep. there were a few custom field plugins out there but they were ugly yep. they were nasty to use they were really hacked together and it wasn't a polished 
It wasn't a polished uh, product. And handing that over to a client was sometimes embarrassing yep. because it really made – I mean, WordPress – didn't even look that professional mm. seven years ago. No, not like it, it looked does now, slightly yeah. childlike, mm. and um, that just made it, uh, you know, a bit a bit harder to hand that over to client because the front end of these websites were beautiful. I mean, some of the designs that were getting done and still are, obviously, um, but back then were still in very impressive. Um, and I was using WordPress just because I'd stumbled upon that. Yep. Um, and uh, it was, I, I never really fought WordPress, um, as the CMS of choice. I never really spent any time with, uh, Joomla or Drupal, but obviously I knew about them. Um, but I think WordPress has had a bit of buzz and the right people were talking to me at the right time for yeah. me to just dive into it. Man alive. It could have gone in uh, any direction, couldn't hmm. it? You did. It, it sounds like everything, the stars aligned. Um, and you, you built, could have, yeah, you but built I the think right thing. I was, I've always been super passionate about this this project. And I think, I mean, looking at how much work I put in in 2011, mm. um, I just, I wanted to make the best thing possible. Mm. I wanted to make something that looked even better than WordPress did. Um, and I think people responded really positively to that and they kind of jumped ship over to ACF straight away. Do you do the the, the way the plugin looks on the, the back end, you know, the, the, the ability to add fields? I, I must say you've done a stellar job. Um, it looks nice. It's so, I mean, it's so easy to use. There's no... There's nothing complex about it. I think you, you you really shouldn't be involved in any way, shape, or form with managing websites if you can't use ACF. Did you um did you is that all your work or did you at any point step away and let somebody else have a set of eyes on it or was that all your your thoughts? It's all mine. Good I've got you. a real problem with controlling everything. Ah, and um. Well, when it comes to my work. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this has just been my natural uh, seven-year progression of interface design. I'm really happy with where it is at the moment. Um, but I'm looking forward to in the future, you know, branching out, maybe getting in touch with some designers and kind of pushing it uh, a little bit little bit into the future. Ah, um, okay. A little hint, perhaps. Who knows? little hint. <laughs> but uh, I mean, at the same time, it has to sit inside of WordPress. And good thing that WordPress's design has come such a long way. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's quite easy to, to sit inside. I, d I don't want my plugin to ever look third party. I always want it to look first party. Yeah. Um, yeah, but obviously with its own little little stylings um but i want it to look like it's meant to be in here from the start we um we we thank you from the bottom of our hearts every single one <laughs> of the people that listens to this podcast they'll they'll know they'll know they'll realize how <laughs> clever your stuff is and and how well put together it is and um, do, you you alluded a minute ago to the fact that you you like to control yeah. this thing have you have you been responsible in its seven year journey for ev for utterly everything or have you ever step back and let anybody have a look and a play and a tinker and a, and a, and, you know, alter anything. I won't say that I've controlled everything, uh, but I'll say close to, mm. um, there's obviously, um, some scenarios where people have approached me with, uh, pull requests of, right. a, of a feature 
yep. that they want to put in. And I see it and I go, gee, this is actually fantastic. It's nice and small and I can just add that in. So, yeah, some of the features are from the community, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but design and development, I've really had this under my own fingers yep. uh, since day one. Good on which you. is kind of cool. Yeah. The one thing I do need help with uh, is support. Okay. Is supporting a plugin, which is such a huge part of selling a digital product online mm-hmm. or even a physical product online, um, is you know providing that support uh, for your customers. Do you, and so I, I do have some help. For yeah. That. Do you have a? Do you, mm-hmm. Are they based um, in your time zone, or are they? Do you have a few dotted around? Shall we say? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have got some local developers in Australia, which is great, some friends. They do some support work. I also hire a local company and they have agents all across the world. So okay. that helps with the time zone. Yeah. Um, and they manage their team. So that's kind of a little bit uh, disconnected from my day to day. But gee, they do such a good job because yeah. we get a lot of we get a lot of support requests. I'm sure you do. I mean, you don't get um, you don't get nearly well, near, let's say over two million people using the product without without getting a burden of support tickets to go with it. Um, with your pro add-on, one thing that I do want to mention because I think I think this is a a thing which is happening in WordPress in general is we seem to be moving away from this one price uh, for all time you know a lifetime deal um and and yet you're you, you uh, currently you're you're sticking to that pricing it's very fair you can have you have the well i mean it's more than fair it's it's ridiculous frankly um you've got a personal license which uh, enables you to have uh, one site and that's 25 australian dollars uh, am i right in saying the australian dollar is worth 0. Point something of a us dollar Yes, so you it, are right. It, it's zero point seven or zero point eight around. Okay, now. so it's about eighteen-ish dollars, um, and the developer one um, is a hundred dollars, which which takes you up to unlimited. So eighty. US, something like that. Is this a a pricing structure that you're going to maintain, or do you do you have any plans to um, to make that more subscription based? I mean, it's worked for me up until now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've been following the uh, Apple iTunes, uh, the, sorry, the uh, the App Store yep. uh, mentality, which mm-hmm. is just you buy the app for ninety nine cents, but if you sell a million of them, well, then there's your million dollars. Yeah. So I think for a long time I've been more focused on lots of multiple sales at affordable rates. Yep. Um, Am I looking to change it? I'm not actively looking to change it. Mm. Um, but at the same time, this year, I'm taking some big steps towards expanding ACF with new and more employees uh, so that we can achieve more. And uh, look, it may be as a result that we do need to actually add in some kind of recurring um yearly fee because yep. it's so much more than just some code now i mean yep. back in the day it just used to be well here's your code now it's we have to provide a website that stays on 99.99 percent of the time with updated documentation daily uh, we also need a update service to roll updates out yep. to everyone's website so that no one's website ever breaks during update we also need a, a huge support team yeah uh 
to help everyone out. So look, the the costs of um, running the business are definitely going up. Yeah. Um, so uh, potentially there may need to be some some recurring fee in the future, um, but uh, I don't think that'll be that. That won't be anytime soon. I don't you know think. what? You'd have to be you'd have to be really churlish to uh, to try and pick holes in that argument. I think I think it's amazing that you've managed to keep it going for this long. I mean, WordPress being what it mm. is and its enormous reach means that you've got a huge audience. But you know, yeah. like you said, there's mouths to feed, there's websites to maintain, there's servers to pay for. There are. It's got you yeah. know, and it's got to be done. And I think anybody in the future um, who doesn't snag this deal will be more than happy to part with their their yearly fee, or if, even if you <laughs> go for a, a fee for a point release or something like that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I would just like to say a great big thank you. That was a nice chat, a, a real blend of like computer games from the early childhood right through to a good long chat about <laughs> ACF. It was very pleasant indeed. Where um, I don't know if you're the kind of person that likes to share their Twitter handle or their email address or any of that stuff, but if you want to go on a little promotional spree for the next minute, feel free. Tell us where you are and all of that stuff. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Definitely hit me up on Twitter. Um, my personal account is just at Elliot Condon and the ACF account is WP underscore ACF, okay. uh, which if you're interested in the plugin, just definitely follow because we obviously post tweets about our blog posts and upcoming uh, versions, which yep. is quite a handy way of letting you guys know when yeah. good things are on their way okay so just from me one last thing uh it, what you want to do really is check out advanced custom fields at um advanced no spaces all lowercase custom fields.com um and if you go to forward slash pro then you're going to find out um how you can uh, assist elliot in the future with his product and you know uh, enable him to make it better and hire those extra staff that he's just alluded to um and if you haven't used acf seriously look at it because it's going to enable you to do a whole lot more for a very very small learning curve so thank you elliot it's been an absolute pleasure i wanted to have you on for a really long time and i'm glad that we finally got the chance cheers thank you and today's end in fact comes from expanded ramblings.com and we've been looking at their wordpress statistics and we love this one that apparently this is a little bit old because it was last collected in 2015 but the number of comments that have been left on wordpress sites is 3 billion but the number of posts that have been made nathan do you have that figure there i have um two and a half billion wow so there so they're about <laughs> the same aren't they so basically on average, a WordPress post gets one comment. Well, of course, we know that's just junk. That's not how it works at all. Uh, yeah. Some posts get hundreds, possibly thousands, and the vast majority of posts, um, you know, you only have to go over to <laughs> WP Build's website. Actually, we use Facebook comments, so that this wouldn't even be measured, presumably. No. Um the vast majority of blogs out there don't receive anything. I always feel a little bit sad when I read an article which obviously is using WordPress comments and somebody spent ages writing it and I scroll to the bottom only to discover I'm the first person to leave a comment. I feel a little bit a little bit upset about that sometimes. 
Yeah, I do the same. And also, I didn't understand how people used to get those comments when they started their blogs. I realize now, of course, they they have other channels and networks that they, they're active on, and that's how they drag people to their posts. But I didn't get that when yeah. I first tried to do a blog. It was just very sad. Oh, I see that you did your own and nobody came along. Yeah, I made my Aww. post. And I thought, this is, this is stunning. This is I put my heart and soul into this two weeks of work, honing every word, and then it just sat there. Well, our posts are using, like I say, Facebook comments on the WPBuilds.com website. Mostly it's blank. You know, um, we have a few people who come along quite often and post something. Uh, they're, they're one or two comments. On the whole, I would say that after we post, it's blank. But we get more engagement in the Facebook group, don't we? So I wonder, I wonder if this whole commenting thing um, is dying out in the, in the face of Facebook and Twitter and all of that kind of stuff. Instead, people would rather just share it than comment on it. Yeah, they're, they're, we've got a discussion there, you know, ah, what comment right. system we should use. Oh, there you yeah. go. Okay, well, yeah, it was t- too late now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, there you go. WordPress comments, lots and lots and lots and lots of them, it turns out, over the, over the years. I bet you it's up to sort of 4 billion now. Right, thanks for listening to the WP Builds podcast once again. I have been Nathan Wrigley. And I've been David Wormsley. Thank you very much. Go to the player on the website and click it and click all the buttons underneath and share it on iTunes and generally share the love. And we'll fade in the cheesy music and say, see you later. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.